This is the old Trailblazer broadcast. This is Pastor Albert Pendorvis, the old Trailblazer, riding forth on old Dan. Come on, Dan, let's go. We've got to get up, got to get a getting. We're bringing the folks this study on the Holy Spirit, and uh, we're looking at the Holy Spirit baptism with the Holy Spirit. Oh, my friend. What a study. I wish I could send it out around this world. In our last study, we gave you several scriptures. I want to just give you the scriptures. I won't read them. In uh, shedding a lot of light on this, Matthew 3.11, Luke 3.16, John 1.33, Acts 1.5, Romans 6.3, and uh, 1 Corinthians 12.13, and then Colossians 2.12. Those are verses of scriptures that we read in our last study. And these scriptures that I've read or given you the, the uh, scripture reference, uh, they tell the story of the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Now let's first notice the word baptized. I want to go back, back over that again. You can't learn, can't hear too much, uh, and it's let it sink. You know, you know, we don't hear much the first time around, do we? That's the reason I don't mind rereading some of these verses. The word baptized comes from the Greek word baptizo, and uh, which means immerse or to plant into. It means to bury or to cover out of sight. The word baptize, referring either to water baptism or spirit baptism, is the, is the same word and comes from the same Greek word baptizo. Now, the word baptize does not signify power. Oh, no. Maybe that'll be a high opener to some of you. Just don't, don't slam the door and run outside, cuss the old trailblazer. This is God's word we bring you, my friend. In other words, in water baptism, the born-again believer is immersed or submerged or buried into a watery grave, which completely covers him up and the believer is lost sight of. This watery baptism testifies the death, the burial, and resurrection of our blessed Lord Jesus Christ. It also signifies or teaches us that the believer has denied to, has died to sin. My friend, have you ever been made to die to sin? Oh, I know. The Bible says there's none righteous. No, not one. But in in in, in uh, salvation, our sins are put away. I tell folks here uh, sometimes to gets me in trouble with them. I tell them there's not one sin registered against the old trailblazer, not one past sin, not one future future sin, nor one present sin that's that's uh, recognized against the old trailblazer. No, my sins are gone. We sing that song, my sins are gone. Yes, my sins are gone too, my friend. You say, well, I'm bragging. I sure am bragging on my blessed Lord. But listen, water, water baptized, water baptism typifies that the born-again believer is set apart or separated from the world. Separated unto our blessed Lord. Then in the spirit baptism, the believer is immersed in Christ. As Paul puts it in Romans 6, 3, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, the baptism with the Holy Spirit is the work of the Holy Spirit making the believer in Christ one. O-N-E, one. In this new birth, the individual is made a new creature in Christ. 
And that verse is Second Corinthians 5.17. One of my favorite verses that I learned years ago when the Lord saved me. And uh, I've asked my family to put that on my tombstone if I have one or some kind of plaque or something at my grave. Therefore, in regeneration, our God has set aside is has set aside the old. He set aside all that man is by nature and created a new being. And the individual has become, by the operation of the power of God, through the Holy Spirit, a new creation. Any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. I told you in another meeting last week, old yellow dog in the backyard will know when you get saved. Listen, that's right. When the Holy Spirit has made that individual a new creature, he baptizes him into Christ. That is, when Christ and the believer one. He makes Christ and the believer one. Isn't that a blessing, my friend? Have you ever thought about that? Listen, as Ephesians 5.30 says, For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. This is separate and distinct from regeneration or the new birth. And as Romans 6, 3 says, listen, let's quote it. Baptized into Jesus Christ. Paul, in writing to the Corinthians, said, I have espoused you to one husband, which is Christ. This great fact accounts for Christ being so real to the born-again believer. This accounts for the ever-presence of the Lord. You folks who are saved out there, born again, praising the Lord. Oh, listen, listen. Are amazed at the ever-presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. You go to bed at night, He is there. You wake up in the morning, He is there. And there is that constant praise in your heart let to Christ you for you for Christ your Redeemer. For years before the Lord saves a sinner, most of us would read and reread the first chapter of the Acts of the Apostles, noting this one great fact that after day after day, listen, the day after Pentecost, Christ was so real to those people there, and that is all those that could talk about. All they could talk about in, 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 a, in a crowd, they could think about. That's all they could think about was the Lord Jesus being their soul redeemer. Then I would wonder, listen, why was he not real to individuals that I meet with? Why was there such a struggle? Why are they struggling so? I tell you, my friend, you can trust the Lord. He says, come unto me and I'll give you rest. Oh, aren't you tired of that struggling, 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 doubting, doubting castle like old, old pilgrim? Oh, my friend, I believe that individual spends hours, as it were, all over. It was, Christ was not real to their heart or to your heart like he was to those men back there at the day of Pentecost. Listen, listen, my friend. I did not learn my trouble until the Lord opened my heart. That's what happened when the Holy Spirit. And let me see, let you see, that I had never been saved, never been born again. Oh, my friend, but listen, listen. 
Christ and I became one at that time. Since that day, Christ, the Son of God, my surety has been real to me. Yes, it's a personal thing, my friend. A living reality. We have a little booklet here by Pastor Shelton. Christ, a living reality. Call me, write me, and I'll send it to you. It'll, it'll bless your heart, my friend. Maybe you can give it to your pastor. Listen. Listen now, my friend. He's a living reality, just as real as he was to those early disciples. That's right. They were, and you go back there and read that uh, sermon when Peter preached there, and 3,000 were saved, my friend. Just as real to me as he's been to man all these ages. The same Christ manifested to a little, to a lost sinner, my friend. Oh, now, let's, let's turn to the second chapter of Acts. If you have your Bibles there, I hope you do. Open there, and let's see what happens to those disciples. The 120 there at Jerusalem on the day that the Holy Spirit came. We'll get started on that right now. Let us pause just a moment and make this statement. There is no significance of the name Pentecost as far as relating to the work of the Holy Spirit. That word Pentecost, and I know that many of you may not understand. I hope I hope you do. But the word Pentecost really means, actually means 50. That's the definition of Pentecost. 50. 50 days after the feast of the Passover. It was an Old Testament term. Pentecost was the feast of the first fruits. On that day, the 50th day, they brought the first fruits uh, wave offering before the Lord. This wave offering typified the coming of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, the Holy Spirit came to the church on the first day of the week, the eighth day, or spiritual Sunday. The Lord Jesus Christ had definitely told the disciples in Luke 24, Tear ye at Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. This was a definite command. Christ was definite, positive in his command that they should tarry. They should tarry and tarry at Jerusalem, not at Nazareth, not at Bethlehem, but at Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit came and they were endued with or clothed with the Holy Spirit. Acts 1, 5 says, he shall, he shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Referring to the day when the Holy Spirit would come. Then in Acts 1.8, he said, Ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses of me. Oh, my friend, what a, what a gracious passage of Scripture. Those disciples had their commissions to go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's what God's man is to do. That's what the Lord gave me a commission to do, my friend. He says, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Oh, listen, folks. You don't hear much of that, do you? No, we hear this little, uh, give your heart to Jesus. Well, let me give you a fact. 
Jesus, our Lord, does not want your heart. He gives you a new heart. That's right. That's right. We had an old gentleman there in the church long years ago, and he had problem, heart problems. And the doctor put him in the hospital and told him maybe to give him a heart transplant. He said, no, 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 I have a new heart. I already have a new heart, he said. But not grace. Brother Fred and I went to see him not long before he died. He's still praising the Lord for that new heart. And the scripture says, a new heart will I give you. Oh, that's right. Make you a new creature in Christ. Are you a new creature in Christ? I forget oftentimes to even mention you folks who hear me. Are you saved? Can you look in the mirror in your bathroom and say, am I saved? Now, you'll get an answer back. And my trucker friends out there on the highway, when they come down out of that old big cab to get a cup of coffee or a break room, look in that mirror on the side of the old truck and say, am I saved? If I don't get home tonight, what will the Lord do? Where, where, where will I go? Will I go to heaven to be with the Lord? What's my family going to think? Are they, are they sure that I'm saved? I had never told them. Oh, Lord, have mercy on, our, on us. We need thy help. Lord, give us grace to trust you. Give our radio audience grace just to come aside and trust the Lord with your whole heart, my friend. There's no salvation apart from trusting the Lord. He, those folks told the old Philippian jailer, believe on the Lord. Now, I know, I know there has to be a work done there by the Holy Spirit prior to that time. But my friend, ask the Lord to open your heart and give you grace to trust him day by day get up in the morning trust the lord i recommend you sit on the side of the bed for a few seconds and say thank you lord thank you for a good wife thank you for a good bed thank you for a good family thank you for my children my grandchildren all of those things my friend the scriptures say give thanks in all things but this is the old trailblazer coming to a close this at this time we'll be back tomorrow with another broadcast from god's word but remember the old trailblazer's address is post Post office box 1810 Walker, Louisiana 70785 and my phone number here. Call me. Would you do that? Call me or email me. My email address is pastor at radiomission.org but my phone number here code 225-664-8658. Goodbye and God bless you. Pastor Pendarvis reminds you Radio Missions now offers six flash drives containing sermons, radio broadcasts, and historic music. These flash drives include sermons delivered by founding Pastor L.R. Shelton Sr., messages by Pastor Pendarvis, Freddie Murdoch, and Glenn Bond, plus over 300 songs sung by the Radio Missions Choir. For more information and to place your order, call the church office at 225-664-8658.